Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it's Wednesday, May 25th. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. Following up on the tragic mass shooting yesterday in Texas at that elementary school, I want to put out, I want to say it's a theory, but I don't think it's a theory. I think it's more an observation of how we got where we are, because I think how we got where we are is pretty simple to understand. And I think the remedy for getting out of where we are is equally as simple. It's just not easy. So let me explain what I mean about how we got here and how we get out of here. The reason that I say my observation is simple in the sense that it's not a complex set of events that have caused us to have a cultural collapse and all kinds of tragedy among the youth of this country, from suicide to homicide, from hopelessness to addiction to social media. I think there are two factors that came together in what really can be perceived as a perfect storm. And those two factors are this. Somewhere beginning in the 1960s, and I want to say virtually culminating today or almost culminating, we began as a culture to eliminate the concept of a superior being. Now, if you're not religious and talking about God or believing in God is something that doesn't comport, that doesn't ring true for you, at the very least, I'm hoping that you believe in some form of higher intelligence, not in a religious context, outside of a religious context. And the reason I say that is because if we humans do not believe that there is power of any sort greater than we ourselves are, it's a recipe for the annihilation of humility. It's a recipe for the aggrandizement of ego. And I believe that that's the path we headed down when, as I said, beginning in the 1960s, we began to eliminate the concept of a superior being. Religiously, obviously, we call it God. But again, it doesn't have to be in a religious context. The perfect storm came with the rapid development of technology that almost coincided perfectly with the abolition of the concept of a supreme being, of a greater intelligence, of something that we ought to be humble to and have respect for, and particularly respect for the power that it can exert. When the technology began to advance and we simultaneously began to lose humility, to lose any sense that there was accountability to anyone or to anything for what we did. The technology began to give us a feeling of omnipotence. 
because the more it developed, the faster it developed, the more diverse its capabilities became, the more it substantiated our mistaken belief that we were the greatest power that existed, that we held within our hands and had within our minds all the power that was possible in the universe. When you combine that kind of hubris with the absence of a belief in anything greater than yourself, when you think you can create life or you can create life in a lab, human life in a lab, and control what it thinks, how it behaves, what its preferences are, when you can manipulate people through technology, when you can, as I heard yesterday, the chairman or CEO of Alibaba talking at Davos at the World Economic Forum conference and saying that they're on the verge of technology that will be able to track individually our ESG scores. Individually, they will be able to track where we go, what we do, when we do it, what we eat, They'll be able to track us as individuals in every aspect of our lives. When you get to that point, there is a potential quality in all human beings. And that potential quality is evil. It isn't a given. It's a potential. And it's fed by behavior that is both inconsistent with life but also inconsistent with respect for individuality. So in Judaism, it's called the Yetzer Hara, the evil inclination. And as I said in yesterday's podcast, we're all born with that potential, but we keep it in check because we have values and we have principles and we are relatively stable emotionally, psychologically, intellectually. But when those things get out of balance, that yetzer hara, that evil inclination, gets an opportunity to act itself out. And so, because when you have humans believing that they are the be-all and end-all in the universe, that there is no power greater than them, as I said in an even prior podcast, like the story of Babel, the Tower of Babel in the Old Testament, when you get human beings believing that they can equal the power of a supreme being, then you have the breeding ground for that evil inclination to manifest itself. That's where we are. And that's how we got here. That's why we have an entire generation or more than one generation. It's probably cross-generational, actually, killing themselves on fentanyl, trying to escape from a world gone mad. Well, the problem is exactly as I laid it out. We don't believe in God. We don't believe in a supreme power. And the technology has far outpaced our own ability, our own humanity in developing our own conscience, in developing our own social skills, in developing our own emotional selves, in developing our own spiritual selves. The technology is running amok and creating havoc because in that void, and that's what happens when you don't believe in something greater than yourself, in that void that you create steps the lowest common denominator, steps that evil inclination. 
And it shows up in all kinds of ways. And all of those ways are destructive. It shows up in addiction to pornography. It shows up in alcoholism. It shows up in overdosing on prescription and non-prescription drugs, legal and illegal drugs. It shows up in power grabs by greedy, tyrannical leaders. It shows up in school systems that have lost the very purpose they were created for, that have lost the mission to teach the fundamentals of getting by in the world and instead are focused on the latest and trendiest topics that are hot in the news, like transgenderism or white supremacy or systemic racism. I'm aware of what the technology can do. I've also said this before. I'm addicted, I'm certain, to my iPhone and to the computer because I'm on both of them a significant part of my day. And I never used to do that. But the more I've done it, the more I've become accustomed to it, the more I've become reliant upon it, the more a part of my everyday life it has become. I can justify it by saying I'm on it for business or I'm on it for podcasting, or I'm on it for research, but I'm on it nonetheless. And those are all things that used to be done differently. They had to be done in person, but we don't have to do things anymore in person. We don't have to go to a library to get information. We don't have to thumb through an encyclopedia. We don't have to go to stores to go shopping. You can stay home, you can be isolated, as we were forced into isolation through COVID and its mismanagement, and you can still pretty much get all your needs and wants met. The problem is they're not met in a healthy way. They're met in a perverse way because we humans are social animals. Even the introverts among us are social animals. And we need interaction. We need each other. We're here together for a reason. My oft-repeated line is, if we were meant to be alone, we would have each wound up on our own planet. But for some reason, we're all here together, repeatedly, generation after generation. And it's because we are, in fact, social beings. You can't take that away from humans. You can't even take it away from animals that are social animals, species that are social, that travel in packs or have lifelong bonds. You cannot take that away without completely disturbing their own development. And yet we're doing it to ourselves. People are beginning to wake up to this fact beginning to talk about it. I hear talk show hosts. I saw this morning Matthew McConaughey in Texas where I live. The actor was saying we need to begin to distinguish our wants from our needs and reprioritize the things we're willing to give up in order to get the life we want to live and get our country back on the right track. I've been saying this for as long as I've been on this podcast. I'm up to, what, 155 episodes? I probably have said it in almost every episode in one form or another because it's so obvious to me. I saw it in my own daughter. I've talked about her before. My daughter was raised without technology. We lived in the country, very rural. When she was... 19 years old, she went off to Israel. She served in the Israeli army for three years as a combat search and rescue commander. 
And before she left for the army, yes, she had an iPhone, but it was not at all a significant part of her life. It was a minor part of her life. But after being in the military in Israel for three years, when her only real contact with me and others outside of the army was her phone, and where it was also a source of entertainment when she was not on duty or she was off for the weekend, whatever, she came back from Israel addicted to her phone. And she came back from Israel preferring not phone calls and not talking in person, but texting. And that has now become a way of life for her. She sleeps with that phone next to her. I'm making a point and using my daughter as an example because the technology is very seductive. I've admitted to my own what I think is fair to call an addiction. I don't even know how I would stop, but I know we all need to slow down if not stop because it has run away with us. You know, there's a teaching in Kabbalah in Jewish mysticism, and here's what it is. If you pass a store window and you see something in the window, let's say you see a a blouse or a shirt that you just love, but it's too expensive. And then one day you walk past the store and it's on sale at half price. The teaching is never, never go into that store the moment you see that sale sign. Even if it's just a walk around the block, take that walk and come back. Because if you buy that blouse or that shirt, the moment you see the sale sign, you didn't buy the shirt. The shirt bought you. If, however, you walk away, give it some thought and come back, and you still want it, and it's still your desire to go in and buy it, then you've made a conscious decision and you didn't make an impulse decision. In many ways, the technology has bought us we don't buy it. When you buy the bigger flat screen, the faster computer, the latest iPhone, you're not buying that stuff. We're not buying that stuff. It's owning us. It has taken over our lives and it's so deadly because it's not human and we are and we need human interaction or slowly we will diminish our own humanity. And so that brings me back to the shooting in Texas. All of the violence, all of the fentanyl overdosing, all of the people suddenly waking up to realize they're trans in mass numbers, sometimes in schools where entire classrooms now think they're all trans. All of this is the result of us sort of having a leak, I would say, somewhere in our soul where the humanity is just draining out of us. The more reliant we become on the technology, the more it's integrated into our everyday lives in the privacy of our own homes, the more we forget what our personal responsibility is to the quality in our own lives. And so we simultaneously begin to give up that autonomy to governments and corporations and entities that say, I'll take care of you. Give me your power and I'll take care of you. You know, when I practiced family law, I was a divorce lawyer for 15 years. And when someone would come to me for an initial consult or when I taught seminars in how to go through divorce, I would always say to people, When you go to a divorce lawyer to talk about retaining them 
and that lawyer says to you, don't worry, I'll take care of you, get out of that office as fast as you can and do not retain that lawyer because you don't need a parent and you don't need a guardian. When you're going through a difficult divorce, you need a partner. You need someone who will work with you and respect you and help you get through the process in the best possible way and prepare you for what it will be like when that process is over. If you go to someone who, who says, I'll take care of you and you willingly give up your autonomy and you trust that everything they will do for you will be in your best interest, you've abdicated personal responsibility for the situation you're in and for where you will find yourself when it's over. And that's what we're doing with government. You know, government says, uh, I'll send you a check. Just give up some autonomy. And the autonomy that we give up is an exponential number of that minuscule check that we get mailed. But we trade it off willingly for the short-term satisfaction, ignoring the long-term detriment. The reason that I say the solution is simple but not easy is because we need to go back to God or we need to go back in the case of the non-religious to a belief in a power greater than yourself. And as we go back to that humbling encounter, we need to back off of the technology and we need to put limits on the people who are in charge of that technology. And we need to say in our own personal lives, this isn't serving me anymore. I've become the servant and it's become the master. I remember the first time I ever safe started in safe mode, my computer. It was way, way back. I had one of the first desktop Macintoshes. It looked like a shoebox standing up <laughs> vertically. And it was in my law practice. And I remember the first time I started it in safe mode. And when those screens come on that are, you know, taking you through safe mode, I noticed something that I never forgot. And that was that it's called a slave drive. <laughs> I saw that word slave drive. And I thought, you know, whoever created this knew exactly what they were doing when that became the choice of word. Because we are enslaved to the technology. And so were the people in the story of the Tower of Babel. I don't think our story ends well this time if we don't wake up to where we are, how we got here, and what the solution is. Again, it's a simple solution. Bring back God and step back from the technology. It's a simple concept. It's not easy to implement. I would think that bringing God back is a lot easier than distancing yourselves from the technology. But I also suspect that as we bring God back, that other part will take care of itself because we will begin by the choice we make to bring God back to correctly prioritize our place in the universe and gain back some of that humility and respect for power and how easy it is for arrogant humans to misuse it to our own detriment. Thanks for listening. I'm Carol Gold. I'll be back here again on Friday. And until I am, by all means, think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, 
carolgold.com. That's carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.